Today on Ovias and Gilio, I thought Saturday night at the breeze through was wild. Oh, no. Frank Reich got fired in the middle of his first season with the Carolina Panthers, and it was all breaking in the middle of this recording. So, as we talk about some UNC-NC State leftovers, as we talk about Mike Elko taking off for Texas A&M, yes, I got the alert on my phone that Frank Reich got fired, and you'll catch that as it happened in the, middle, in the middle of the recording. But even bigger news, bigger than Frank Reich getting fired by the Carolina Panthers, there is a new OG t-shirt at BreakingT.com just in time for Cyber Monday. So go to BreakingT.com slash OG. Again, that's BreakingT.com slash OG. And check out the tripartisan flag, Duke Blue, NC State Red, Carolina Blue. When you see the design, you will absolutely understand what I'm getting at. It is fire. I love it. And it's going to look great on a hoodie. It's 20% off right now at BreakingT.com. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. Thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Good to be back. It's warmer in here than it was outside the breeze through. I'm convinced on Saturday night it would have been warmer in the beer cave than it was outside while we were reacting to NC State, North Carolina. Are you suggesting perhaps the alcohol was warming me up because I wasn't I wasn't cold at all. I had no problems, dude. Now, I had no problems. Now, I've seen you drunker. Yes. But you were feeling it on Saturday night. I blame Will, my mm-hmm. friend Will Miller. Mm-hmm. He had fireball. So I started with real fireball. Real, yeah. Because, but because I only remember, drank it once I just established that it was the real the real deal. Because remember, I actually took that fireball uh, airplane bottle and put it up to the light to see if it was the real deal while we were in the RV lot. So yeah, there were there were two of those. Oh boy. On top of the kernel. Oh boy. Uh, you you rolled up drinking. Yeah, the kernel was. I started with the kernel, which was good. Good base. And then you had beer. Uh, I didn't have that many beers. I had like Dude, what are you talking Pre-game. about? You had two full tumblers of beer while we were. No, no, no. Oh, while we were there. Yeah. 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 I'm, not, I'm saying I had the kernel, right? <laughs> then I get to the tailgate. I had I had a course light mm-hmm. and I had a fireball and then I had another course light before kickoff. Yeah. Then I had another fireball and I didn't drink during the game. Then you didn't have time. time. You were you were rather loud in the press box. Half, half time went back out. And that was that. And then I walked down by you. Yeah. And then I had some more beers. Okay. Uh, shout out to one of our listeners who pulled a video grab from the after dark where you're emotioning to somebody off camera. Like beer, beer. The boss. Beer. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking to Jessica? Yeah. Oh, okay. Can you get me more beer? Can you give me beer? <laughs> anyway. Thanks to everybody who had uh, checked us out on YouTube live. Thanks to everybody who popped on the stream yard. And thanks to the folks who actually dropped by our location at the Breeze Through. And of course, the biggest thanks to Adam over at Breeze Through. Yes. Um, Big time. You like to joke that I'm the extra engineer. No, Adam was the extra engineer. Big time. On Saturday, because that dude was running an Ethernet cable around the building through the car wash. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) He had to literally run it through the car wash. How long is that course? 500 feet. Oh, my God. 
That's not a cheap cord, by the way. I've had to pay for Ethernet cables to get things in this room. This is a 10 by 10 space. And Ethernet cables, if you get the right ones, can cost you a pretty penny. Yeah. That bad boy was 500 feet to get to my laptop. So Adam's the real OG OG. Now, it, we we spent a lot of time talking about the game in real time, immediately reacting to uh, NC State's win over North Carolina. Now that you're sober. Sure. And we can well, take Adam's a, much- a Adam's a problem solver. Do you know who could solve your problems, especially your digital and print needs? Copiers Plus. Yes. Go to copiers-plus. Dot com because you don't know what you don't know. And on Saturday, I didn't know what I didn't know. So you got to ask somebody. You got to ask Adam for help. You got to ask Copiers Plus for help. Again, check them out. It's copiers-plus.com. So now that we're a couple of days away from it and sober, mm-hmm. you look at what happened on Saturday. The, the thing that I keep coming back to is it's not a Mac Brown problem for North Carolina. It is a North Carolina problem problem where in the modern era they have this attitude towards nc state football that does not translate well on the football field there is an attitude if you feel that you are better than or you are superior than if we have every recruiting advantage we have the money we are the school that high school kids actually want to go to unless larry fedora just decides i don't feel like recruiting kids out of charlotte right if that's your attitude you have to remind the other school from time to time hey guys Little brother, let's put you in your place. Not just let's roll on the football field and see what happens. And that was the general kind of attitude that I picked up on on Saturday, especially in the first quarter where you and I were both in agreement. There was no juice for the Tar Heels to start that game. And it was effectively over at halftime. Yes, North Carolina had their three touchdown scoring drives, but you never really felt even the most hardcore NC State shit believer did not think oh, this game is going to get out of hand because you knew that the yeah. state's defense was going to hold it down. Okay, now, just because we we didn't just get here, mm-hmm. I, I can't let you slide on that it's a North Carolina problem. John Bunning absolutely prioritized this game. Mac Brown, the first time around, yeah. absolutely prioritized this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Fedora had his moments, obviously the Geo game. Mm-hmm. Y- you would have thought Carolina won the national champion. I was, on, I was actually on Carolina's sideline with TJ Yates that day. Yeah. And... I'm, the amount of pure emotion and joy on their sideline that day, they cared. Yeah. And so I, I don't think you can just yada, yada, yada all of the times that Carolina has cared about this game. Different groups, this, different this players. Century, right. You talk about dogs, things like that. Marquise Williams, but, you and I are in agreement. Yeah, yeah. He's that kind of that's dude that's going to go out there. He's going to yeah. want to win again. Totally get but, that part. But what I'm saying to you, though, is I think you're dismissing Max role in this. In, in part, mm-hmm. I'm tired of giving Mac a pass. That's fine. Like, I'm sober as, as the day is long right That's now. Fine. Okay? That's fine. I'm tired of Mac getting a pass. The defense, yes, sir, is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not go talk to Gene because he's showing up today. Mm-hmm. All right? The idea that you came back and you're going to run away with this thing because you're back. Nah, man. Your team has to have an identity. It doesn't. That's super odd to me. Mm-hmm. You are Carolina. You do have the Jordan brand. Every time you see an interview, the sneakers are on the wall. You got all these things going for you, except you're a mentally weak team. Mm-hmm. And that starts with the coach. Okay. And if you want to be a CEO, there's nothing wrong with being a CEO. Then you have to have other people that it filters down to. And the attitude of your team and the identity of your team filters down to, it can't just be, a bunch of happy handshakes and a batch and a bunch of happy horse shit on recruiting day. Yeah. It has to be when you show up and the money's on the table, your team is there. And quite frankly, 
His team has not been there when the money is on the table, in spite of having Sam Howell, mm-hmm. who was ridiculously good for his three seasons as a starter, and despite having Drake May. And by the way, this wasn't Philip Rivers throwing the ball to uh, checks notes only Jericho Cotri for a couple of those years. <laughs> You're talking about guys. They have they've had had stacks had on stacks they've at the skill dudes. positions. Yes. So this is a failure of Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not a Carolina failure. This is a Mac Brown failure. Mm-hmm. And if if you think I'm coming at him hard right now, I had the same energy for Mike Shevsky in that last year. Sometimes the identity of your program as the coach, it's on you. You're the ones who put your your players and your in your program in this position. Yeah, you have to own that. You have to wear that. To Max credit, to his credit, in the post game he did. He owned it. He wore it, and he said, "We that's as bad as I've seen us play." That's what those were his words. So credit to him for that. But no, no, no. I'm not going to let you get away with saying that it's a Carolina problem because I don't believe that. I've been there. I've seen it. And I've been there. I, I was there. I've been I was there. there. You want to hear? Here, here's a deeper cut. And the attitude is <laughs> when we feel like it. No, I know. But here's a deeper cut. I was there when there was a person who bought Chuck Amato at the time, okay, put his red shoes up for an auction to raise money for the Wolfpack Club. A huge former Carolina football player bought those shoes. I was there when that person (laughs) gave those shoes to John Bunny. So you can't sit here and say that there weren't. And I'm not trying to, like, give you a hard time over one sentence. But I'm just trying to say, like, there are times where they have tuned in. And they have cared. Okay. To that end, I'll give you John Bunting. You're right about John Bunting. And Elfed too. Don't no, we? no, absolutely freaking not with Elfed. Absolutely not. No. Because here's and Butch Davis also was very much no, no, nonchalant Butch, about this Butch stuff too. Was I want to beat Miami. Yes. I want to beat Florida State. Yes. Because those were the those were the ones that he had issues with. I will give you John Bunting. John Bunting actually felt it to your point. Sometimes I need the reminder that I was in these press conferences too, and John Bunting would do cringy shit like Oh yeah, this is this is the game. I love this game. I remember a press conference when we were all in there, and he's like, "Yeah, we would say beat Cal College, beat Cal College." He was really hyped yes. about that, okay? And I give John Bunting a lot Which of credit. Thing by the he way, trolled. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not I'm not knocking it. I was just saying it was kind of cringy in the moment, but I'm not knocking it. Um, and then there was the moment where he got Chuck Amato all pissed off at Carter Finley Stadium because they happened to be just hanging around the entrance for the Wolfpack. And Chuck was in his face and Bunting just sat there stone faced like, sure, buddy, whatever. So, yes, John Bunting felt it because he was an old timer, very Roy Williams-esque because he grew up in a time where this was the thing that mattered. However, there's a larger problem for North Carolina football in particular when they feel like it. Maybe that's how I I should have been more specific. When North Carolina feels like it. There's a reason why we call them the sleeping giant. There's a reason why we look at everything they have going for them. And you sit there and you wonder, why can't you get your shit together? So you're hard on Mike, Mac Brown. I'm hard on the program because for a program in the state that has every advantage going for it, it's still shocking to me that they still have a attitude that is very much a football specifically when we feel like it. They did it with ECU. They do it with App State. Look at the attitude when they play App State. They shouldn't. Be, we're too good to be playing App State. No, you're not. Right. Based on what exactly? What are you too good for in football? Every other thing at Carolina, they check the box, man. They absolutely they should check the box. There is a history of winning. There's a history of excellence. There's goats right down to Aaron Matson, for heaven's sake, who wins national championships, not just as a player, but as a freaking coach in her first year at 24 years old. 
There's the standard that you like to talk about with basketball. Oh, it's different. It's a different it's standard altogether. Different than even I and understand. I, even I would say that there's a different standard for non-revenue sports too when it comes to Carolina athletics. Okay, so why is it with football specifically? There's these ups and downs, and sometimes they care, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have a coach that gets it. Sometimes you get a coach that thinks you're bigger than that. You're never going to lap the competition if you don't take it seriously, consistently with owning the state the way you think you should own the state. You catch my drift now? Mm-hmm. No, the first time around, he went five years without losing to anybody in the state when back when the Big Four played every year. That was back yeah. in the day, and there's a prioritization of yeah. winning the state championship, and that's why he was emotional yeah. after the Duke game. I get all that stuff. But again, it permeates to a game like this where the mission was not accomplished. And not only that, shout out to Hunter, man, who came by yeah. after the game and you know was telling state fans to shut up. You know, he's like, they planted a flag on your field last year. Where was the juice? And again, that gets back to, I think, where you and I do agree, that is on Mac Brown, ultimately. On the flip side of that, I will tell you where I was wrong about something. I didn't think it was going to happen, Joe, but it happened. Dave Dorn's out of the Herb Zone. <laughs> Earlier this year, I said he entered the Herb Sendic Zone. <laughs> And to be clear about the Herb Sendek zone, the old NC State coach, it was the attitude of you've made all your friends and you've made all your enemies and nobody's going to change their mind. You are who you are. The people who are done with you are going to find every reason to still feel that they're done with you. And those who support you will constantly argue into the ether with those people who are never going to hear it otherwise. But from the Duke game on to the way Dave Dorn handled the MJ Morris self-benching, to the fact that it was not a fluke of a win against North Carolina, that they dominated the Tar Heels. And you look at the way Dave has handled himself publicly now, the cigars, the culture. You have Peyton Wilson on the field talking about that stuff too. I think even the most argumentative Dave Doran detractor would go, yeah, man, like, yeah, all the props in the world for how you turn this season around and even I, the Dave Dorn hater, I'm speaking as, as, a, as somebody who actually likes Dave Dorn, but somebody who does, who, if somebody doesn't like Dave Dorn, their general attitude would go, yeah, man, tip of the cap, dude. Like, you, got, you actually have this identity. There's a culture. It might be boring, as our listener Lauren pointed out on Saturday night, but it works, and it's getting the job done against the Tar Heels. Yeah, it, it, he's done his best work this year now. Mm-hmm. To, to close the season out the way that they did, there is still a slightly frustrating part of this. Oh, sure. In the sense that their spring game was played in a driving rainstorm and it was obvious that Kevin Concepcion was their best player. Right. It was obvious on that day. And right. what was what amounted to a shell drill. Mm-hmm. Right. So why did it take you the first seven games of the year to figure out who your best players, but all credit to Dave and mm-hmm. to Robert and I, since that do came to say, you know what? We need to stop beating ourselves. We need to highlight our best players and on defense to clean up the way that they have. And of course, Peyton Wilson turns in another game that he did um, on Saturday. Now, Dave's post game was interesting. There were some layers to it. We there had were, there were a lot of layers. There was the it. call for money. Yeah, there was the um, I, I thought in person on the ACC network set he was better mm-hmm. than he was obviously in the locker room. I. I you know, I we think, got a question about that on threads yeah, from Princeton King. Any thoughts on Doran calling some college kids pieces of shit? Yeah, I didn't love that. Yeah, I didn't love that. Uh, it's okay to to say what you're going to say about the school, mm-hmm. right? And and I 
someone was like, yeah, I think it was Hunter actually, who was like, you know, it's Drake may had to apologize for basically saying you can't get into Carolina, but Dave's allowed to call like Carolina pieces of shit. And I'm like, that's, that's a Bubba thing. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, like I I don't love that part of the messaging. There's there's a way to get around some of that. Like there's a way to do what he did on the set on the set. He was like, I'm not going to get ugly here. I'm just going to tell you that, you know, this game matters to our fan base and, and it matters to me real quick though. The, the what you just said about Drake May, Hunter's right. You're right about that stuff. It actually kind of furthers my point about the general attitude from Carolina. It's almost like they don't want to. No, go talk your shit about NC mm-hmm. State because that's the mindset you need to consistently beat them, not apologize for saying stuff that, hey, man, I think most people recognize. So, and, and this is a Bubba. Look, I love Bubba Cunningham. He does an excellent job in North Carolina, but oftentimes I think they're a little too quick to be like, whoa, 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 let's just put this away not understanding how the news cycle works. They say what they like when Courtney Banghart, Courtney Banghart didn't need to apologize for what she said. Just kind of take the grief that goes with it. Go out there and settle on the basketball court and move on with your life. And that's kind of the thing that you have to do with North Carolina football too. Don't apologize for that stuff. Go out there and win. So all that, I think all this kind of ties together, but yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it anyway. Like there's also, you know, I get that they invite them into the locker room. Yeah. And these are the kinds of things that are said in a locker room. Well, you, get people you're fired up and when you're doing that, you know, who's there, sure. who's not sure. I, I get all that stuff too. I get all that stuff too. Next topic, please. So Dave Dorn doesn't look, look like he's going to go anywhere because all the jobs are taken up unless he goes to Duke. <laughs> I'm kidding. So the real, the real question in the offseason is pretty good. <laughs> the only question for the for NC State in the offseason, as you mentioned earlier, is what happens with Casey? Kevin Concepcion. Yeah. Okay. I think people will step up. I think. I, I think this dovetails I mean, the nicely. The money's not going to MJ Morris, right? I think this dovetails nicely into a conversation about Mike Elko mm-hmm. and leaving Duke. Sure. We don't get upset when a coach leaves for more money. Mm-mm. So a coach has a talent. They're rewarded for that talent. Kevin Concepcion clearly has a talent. He should be rewarded for that talent without some 50-year-old guy sitting there going, oh, it was so much better back in the day <laughs> when these players knew what, I mean, that scholarship's worth. Right, right. Okay. Sure, whatever. Free education. Yeah, so that's that's going to be NC State's big off-season question. And that's why Dave mentioned it yes. specifically in the postgame. Yes. And we know about Mike Elko, but what about Mac Brown and what does his future hold at North Carolina? Um, Josh Graham, WSJS, went to the press conference for Mac Brown after the game and straight up asked him because remember, um, there was a statement given to the football insiders that, oh, here we go again with the recruiting stuff. And people say this about Mac Brown because it's an anti recruiting thing. Uh, but then earlier in the week, ahead of the NC State game, Mac was asked about those statements. And he said, well, no, that was Jeremy who who made that statement and kind of moved on from that. So Josh followed up after the game. Like, have you given any thought about what's going to happen? Are you going to retire? Have you indicated to guys on the team that you're going to be back next year? I think we said addressed that last week. You said it was Jeremy's statement. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on being back. I hadn't even thought about it until you all brought it up. It's brought up every year. When you're 72, that's a that's a regular. You can just mark it down. It's the Thursday before the last game, before recruiting starts, because everybody that's competing against you, and you all had a dead day. You needed something right, so it, it all it all fit in there. So for clarity's sake, you're going to be back. Yes. Okay, that seems pretty definitive. Real quick, props to Josh. Yeah, 
Props to Josh on that one. I give Josh a lot of shit. He knows it comes from a good place, but I'll use this as a prime example of where Josh really does a good job in these settings because he had a follow-up question that brought up, hey, man, these were things that were said before. Let's yeah. get some clarity. And a lot of people will not ask questions in press conferences in these particular settings. So props to Josh on that one. But it kind of went on a journey there for Mac. It went, I'm planning to come back. That gives you wiggle room. Oh, that's just a dead time in the week. That's what we expect. Okay, gives you some wiggle room. He wasn't all that definitive. But then he said, yes, he is coming back. And obviously with early signing period, you don't want to indicate one way or the other of what's going on. My thoughts on this have changed. Okay. My thoughts on this have changed. I was of the general attitude that this was going to be it for Mac Brown. And he was going to walk away pointing to, I've reset the program. Now you guys can go off in a, in whatever direction you want to go in. I did my job and he leaves. And I still stand by this as the best coach that Carolina football has ever had, even without a conference championship, even without a national championship, all that stuff for, for all sorts of intangible reasons, the best coach North Carolina has ever had in football. But one thing I forgot to take into account, and this is something that you point out to me all the time, is that these guys are incredibly stubborn. And I feel like it went from a, everybody's kind of on the same page as to where it's going to go to, I don't think everybody's on the same page now. And I'd be really curious to see how the conversations go between Bubba Cunningham, the AD at North Carolina, Mac Brown, and the direction they want to go in with coordinators. Because I can't imagine if Mac is going to come back, that Gene Chizik's coming back with him. What do you do with the quarterback? You know, we, we've been bringing up the Philip Rivers. You've brought up the Philip Rivers analogy to Drake May. Well, if we take it a step further, well, what happened after Philip Rivers? They went through like the the sea of QBs trying to find the the, the port in the storm that was going to save them. And we went through all sorts of guys until they finally landed on, you know, the Russell Wilson, Mike Glenn era. <laughs> it took them a minute, man. So who is that next guy for North Carolina QB? Now the transfer portal is different. Yeah. That's you, that's changed the equation. But you also have to hit in mm-hmm. the transfer portal too. So I I came away going I go into the week thinking this is it for Mac. I come out of this going I don't know I could see this being stubborn him coming back and also next season not going the way he thinks it's going to go. Sure. I mean they're in a reset mode now. Yep. I mean they were going to be with or without Mac. So you have Drake May, like you said the defense needs to be solved and yes, it's max job to solve the defense mm. period um it'll be interesting how they handle things going forward they've tried to build through recruiting because of all the advantages that you've talked about that's the that's the attitude i, I could see them shifting this year and trying to go through the portal maybe florida a la florida state yeah because they they do have that money mm-hmm. so i could see them trying to do something like that there are plenty of players who will be in the portal man uh mind explosion. What if they're the ones who win the Kevin Concepcion bidding war? Okay. That's even wilder than uh, that would be hysterical. No, Um, never, (laughs) never say never in the triangle. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do because I thought this was the year. And when we, when they were six and oh, we're Mm -hmm. looking at it, we're going, there's a reason they're better. It's because finally those classes from max first couple of years are now older. Yeah. College football has gotten older. Look at Bo Nix at Oregon. If you if you haven't watched Oregon this year, mm-hmm. it's wild. Mm-hmm. Like it's like watching an NFL quarterback playing college football. It's wild to watch them play. 
So college football's gotten older. I thought it was not a coincidence this year that Carolina's defense, the way that they started the season, was a function of them being older. So, you know, do you do you try to restart that cycle with an older coach? I don't think so. I, I think the know. logical the logical move, if you're Carolina and Mac is staying, which is what he's saying, mm-hmm. you go you go hard and heavy FSU style into the portal and you make big moves to try to hit this thing while you have it. That's what you try to do. You also need to hire a better defensive coordinator. Well, but the problem is they've gone through this already. I I remember Gene Chizik was supposed to be the one who fixed the issues before that. I I get that. So it's it's not as simple as go and hire a better defensive coordinator. Sometimes it is. They thought they did. I know, but sometimes that's really what it is. Okay, we'll see. (laughs) We look, at, see. look at Matt Canada. The, the Steelers finally broke the 400 yeah. yard mark yesterday. Yeah. yeah finally. No. Funny how that works. <laughs> Funny how that works. All right. Let's get into some housekeeping, shall we? Housekeeping. We are recording this on a Cyber Monday. Go to breakingtea.com slash OG where you can get 20% off hoodies right now at breakingtea.com. They also have a new NC State shirt, by the way. It just has culture across it, you know, tying into what Peyton Wilson said, tying into what um, what uh, Dave Dorn has been talking about with when it comes to culture and, you know, what it is over NC State. But more importantly, more importantly, we have a new shirt. We have a new hoodie. We brought the tripartisan flag to full fruition it is now on a t-shirt. So here it is. It's on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a North Carolina flag, but instead of the blue, red, and white of a NC flag, it is a Dukish blue at NC state red and a Carolina blue. And instead of the NC, it says OG instead of the one star that goes between those two NCs, it's five stars because of course, and it has positive vibes only on the top scroll and on the bottom scroll, May 3rd, 2023, which is the first day of the podcast. So you can go to breakingt.com slash OG. You got the hoodie as well. I actually bought a hoodie this Whoa. morning. The hoodie's what nice, isn't bargain. it? Bargain. Are you kidding? 44 bucks, 20% off right now <sighs> at breakingt.com slash OG. Go cop that shirt and take advantage of the other deals that are taking place right now at breakingt.com. $5 mystery shirts. So I bought my brother and my dad Miami mystery shirts i don't know what i'm gonna get it could be a marlin shirt that's could cool. be a dolphin shirt yeah i mean it could be any number of things clever so five dollar mystery shirts over at breaking tea.com uh big thanks to state farm and matt davis for sponsoring ovias and Gilio. check them out at theoginsurance.com insuregarner.com or give them a call directly at 919-779-8277 yeah great way to save yourself some money on all of your insurance needs give matt a call 919 919- 779-8277. Also, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, BugsBite.com is the website. I actually dropped by to go say hey to Hayes, the OGs, OGs. And I'm like, and he wants us out in the RV lot. We were out in the RV lot. No, he wants us to do a show. Oh, yes. I told Hayes to ready. Hayes. He showed me. He's like, you can do it right in there. I'm like, you know what? Next football season. Let's ah, make that happen. There might be a hockey opportunity. Wait, there. does the RV stay there even during hockey season? Joe, when you have a space, when you pay for a spot in the RV lot, oh. you, you get to do whatever you want, sir. <laughs> hmm. 
whatever you want. That's got me thinking because remember, that's all are... we needed an Ethernet cord. That's all we need. Yeah. Or like a really good hotspot. One of those 5G hotspots. Yeah, when there's nobody out there, it'll, yeah. it'll work. It might work. Hmm. Hmm. I know what does work. The termite solutions that were put down in, in my uh, mulch beds last yeah. week. Man, I didn't even know. Because that's where they hang out, dude. No, I know, but they called me. Like, like Hayes calls me and says, Hey, man, we're going we're gonna to do the termite treatment. And I, it wasn't Hayes, it was his guy. And I go, mm-hmm. Okay, I go, you'll love the crawl space. I go, You can walk in. And there's, it's, I have like one of those like full size, you open a door, you walk in crawl spaces. He's like, uh, No, we're not going to be in the crawl space. I'm like, <laughs> Really? He's like, No, we want to get the termites before they get to your house. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's why you're the smart people handling all of this because I don't know anything about anything. So, yes, they went and treated the mulch beds for those termites to make sure that they don't get to the house. Very smart. The people over at Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, like us. save yourself some money. All kinds of offers. Hayes does not believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. So go to bugsbite.com. All right. You've you've been telling me this for a couple of weeks now. Oh, are we, are we gonna do it? That Florida State's gonna get screwed <laughs> in the college football. Are we playoff. gonna get into what they call in, in uh, the wrestling business fantasy booking right now? Y- yes, yes. And I <laughs> and I always tell you these things will work themselves out, they'll work themselves out. But the first domino fell over the weekend. And that was Louisville fumbling the bag against Kentucky. Bruh. Devin Leary, Pack Pro. Come on. Trying to get state into the Orange Bowl. Crying. Come on, man. Come on. By the way, put a pin in the Orange Bowl because we did get a question on Reddit about the backdoor scenarios sure. for the local teams. But let's talk about well, how. There's only one local team now. Uh, so yes. We had a question. Okay. So Florida State, the first shoe fell. Louisville lost, Mm -hmm. which sets up an ACC championship game against a two-loss Louisville team. Not ideal. You throw on top of that that Florida State is missing Jordan Travis for the rest of the season because of a devastating injury. And then on top of that, they spotted a mediocre Florida team, 12 points to start the game. And it was still a game in the fourth quarter. They eventually pulled it out. It was fine. But it it was not a great game by the Seminoles. That being said, that was not Cardell Jones coming in and showing people, oh, we don't need the starting no, quarterback. That no. was Tate, Tate Roadmaker looking very much like somebody named Tate Roadmaker. Yeah. That being said, they can still take care of business against Louisville on Saturday sure. at Bank of America Stadium. And if things work themselves out, there's no way they're getting left out. If things stay like I need the board behind me, but I want to go grab. No, no, no. I I say, here's what I'll say. Yeah. I think Florida state has one path into the playoff Mm -hmm. and one path only. Okay. And that is for Georgia to beat Alabama, Mm -hmm. to remain unbeaten Mm -hmm. for Washington to beat Oregon. Not so easy which I don't think is going to happen. Not an easy task. And for Michigan to beat Iowa. So two of those, well, one of those things, Michigan beating Iowa, I think you can put in the bank. I'm telling I'm telling you right <laughs> now. I'm telling you right now. I'm kind of joking, but not really. Either Jim Harbaugh is incredibly overpaid as a head coach who has missed just about half the season through a variety of suspensions. He missed what? The first four games. games. Yeah, so more, (laughs) more than more than half the games. So he misses the first four games of the season because of the whole cheeseburger thing. I know it's not just about cheeseburgers. And then of course you've got this you get the science stealing scandal and everything else and they 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 run that race and and go three and oh. Now he's back for this game against Iowa. 
I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Iowa's going to win that game like 13 10. Okay. You did not, you have not been watching Iowa the last three weeks the same way I have been. Does, I, I, I understand. Does I understand. not matter because Iowa is one of those stupid teams that's going to like throw a wrench and everything. So watch Iowa win and then it'll, now, of course, I'm kidding because. Jim Harbaugh was there throughout the entire week. The only oh, yeah. thing he didn't do was be there on game day itself. There was, there was definitely a buzzer. You uh, cannot convince yeah, me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm being facetious when I say, well, like, what is Harbaugh really doing? I get it. He was there the entire week and those teams were incredibly prepared and they got the talent and everything else. I don't think the committee is going to go galaxy brain though. Just to, I think if all four of those teams are we'll unbeaten, those four teams are in, it's nice and clean. Hands, you wipe your hands, you move, on, you move on to the 12 team. So, so, what you're telling me is that Oregon just doesn't swap out Washington. I think once you start getting into parsing one loss teams, that's where they're going to have a very hard time. Yes. Because think about it Alabama lost to Texas. Well, Texas, also a one loss one team. One thing you and I can both agree on if Alabama beats Georgia, both Alabama and Georgia are in the I, college. Football I believe playoffs. so, yes. Okay. I believe so, yes. You brought up the most intriguing one, not Oregon. Because I think if Oregon beats Washington, it's a wrap. They're in. I, what about Texas? You got to leave somebody out, though, Joe. What about Texas? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like, once you start getting into those one loss teams, they do not want to parse them because there's not an easy way to parse them. I can't imagine they leave Oregon out as the Pac 12 champion, considering the Pac 12 throughout the end. If the whole thing is about a snapshot of the entire season, the Pac 12 has been excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has been excellent in its swan song. So I can't imagine the Pac 12 champion with but, one loss gets left out. Again, they would have played twice. Yeah. And they would each have a win over the other team. So did they both get in? Do no. we get do we get double SEC, I'm double Pac twelve? I'm just saying. Oh, but wait a minute. You, what about Michigan? I'm just saying to you, they yeah. do not want to get in the committee does not want to get into parsing with one loss teams. <laughs> True. They don't want to do it. So their preference would be to have the four conference champions unbeaten and just put those four teams in and move it along. When's the last time things just went? all according to plan, all according to script. Yeah, I mean, they never it, it might only even take just Alabama winning on Saturday to get Florida State up out of the paint. Yeah. Because we know how this goes. No, Florida, State, hey, Florida no, State can take care of their own business by losing. But also, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, and I've seen some people, uh, Bud Elliott, obviously, with his background in Florida mm -hmm. State, who were like, you know, Florida State, it, it shouldn't matter what they look like without Jordan Travis. I disagree. You know, when they went away, from the BCS computers, mm -hmm. which they did mm -hmm. when they went to this playoff and they went to the committee, which I agree with, you know, for the first 70 years of, of the first 80 years of college football, the people who voted in the AP poll or the coaches poll never talked to each other. Yeah. So I agree with the premise of having a committee and using humans. But when you have a committee and you use humans, there is a human element. And if you were to ask me on selection Sunday, if Texas, Oregon, Washington, Alabama with one loss, Georgia were one loss. If I thought those five teams were better than Florida State, I would say absolutely. Florida State without without Jordan Travis. Like I th that has to be part of your math when you're sitting in that room. It can't just be, oh, well, they were this with that quarterback. It's just it's, it's illogical to think that they will not factor in that they do not have their best player. Like that's illogical. I think we can all agree though that this season, the last season of the four team college football playoff is a perfect crystallization as to why we need to expand the playoff. It, this would have been a great year for a 12 team format. The, the number one reason they needed to expand though, was to increase the interest in the sport 
nationally mm-hmm. over the course of the season. But what's you funny, can't just take half of the country and say the games you're playing don't matter. Yes. And by the way, if they leave out the Pac-12 champion this year when it's been the best conference in college football, that that is effectively what you're saying anyway. Now, to your point about expanding the interest, what's wild is is that interest in college football has only increased as we've gotten to this point. It's only going to skyrocket from here when they include more teams, not just in November, but October yeah. now too. Because yeah. that's what the college football playoff ultimately does. Yes, it adds inventory. Yes, it will give home teams reasons to sell tickets and everything else. Yes, it will increase the television revenue that comes in. But more importantly, much like the NFL, where everybody's freaking out on a game-by-game basis, what it means for the inclusion of your playoff chances, it's going to do the same thing. And you're not just worried about November, late November football. You're worried about mid to late October football too, because those have implications as to whether you're going to be in or out. I, I think saying a lot. the expanded playoff is going to do another thing too. That's that going to is. change how regular season schedules are set up. Yeah. You will yeah. know... Once you have an automatic qualifying system, just like in college basketball, mm-hmm. you will no longer be concerned with, oh man, I, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Florida State, or they they play a good schedule. I'm Ohio State. I can't go play somebody good because if I lose, a uh, Michigan, Michigan changed their schedule because they they felt like their only path was through their conference wins. Cool. Mm-hmm. You're going to now see Michigan play. Uh, a better teams, a better schedule. And they're, those TV partners are going to demand you get rid of the one double A games and the terrible games. You're going to play more conference games. They're going to pay more money for it. And it's going to be okay. Everyone's going to have to square that LSU is not going to be the only two lost champion in the history of the sport. Of course, every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. Just because the college football season's wrapping up doesn't mean that you don't have opportunities to check out Wings Over. Folks, it's hockey tailgating time. It's, you know, you got the playoffs, uh, college football playoffs. You've got, you know what? It's the holidays. I got people over. I don't feel like cooking. Let's just entertain. You got people watching bowl games. Wings Over in the house for that too. So go check them out in Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and in Greenville. I mean, listen, we had another person at the breeze through come up and be like, you guys with food, <laughs> like you don't miss. I was like, cause it was like the wings are legit. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I can't stress this enough. People. We, we don't write, we don't even write the ads. No. We just talk about Man, things we that it. we like. We literally wing it for wings. That's <laughs> we what talk, we do. We talk about things we like. This is how we get there. <laughs> like, we're not going to promote something that we don't believe in. So yes, go check them out. Wingsover.com. Order on wingsover.com. Go pick it up on Hillsborough street there, right across from university towers, free parking. Excellent stuff. Oh, that's what it was. They were like, you guys need to really start selling those tater tots. He goes, you guys are not doing a good enough job telling I people. I sold the tater no, tots. I, I think it's maybe me. He's oh, like, okay. You're not doing a good enough job of telling people amazing. how amazing the tater tots are. I love the tater tots. They're really, really good, y'all. Come on now. So, again, big thanks to Wings Over for sponsoring Ovius and Gilio. Big thanks to Homefield. Speaking of the college football season, they got incredible throwback speaking of no 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 sir what open that shirt up open that jacket up Give, i was gonna get to model it. that for the people. i was gonna get to that it. thing hold, is glorious hold on a second i was gonna get to it, it as a lead up yes you have your college football stuff yes you might want to get yourself a bomber jacket i actually saw a state i saw a throwback state bomber jacket yeah. but i did see a home field state bomber jacket while i was walking around carter finley stadium 
So those would be ideal Christmas gifts. Most importantly, it is Cyber Monday. They got great deals going on right now at homefieldapparel.com. But to Joe's point, basketball season. Hey, we got ACC, SEC challenge this week. People are finally starting to get into the college basketball season. And the shirt arrived, Joe. The big four. Do I need to move the camera? No, I got it. It's all okay. on camera right now. All right. I love it. The big so, four wake four. Look at those shirt. years. What do we got? We got. No, uh, you got to open it back. 74. Yeah, 74, 75. It's like, hey, uh, State, you won the national championship. <laughs> cool. We won the big four. 79, 76 <laughs> and 80. The last one. 80 was the last one. Yeah. Right. So um, I love this shirt. It's incredibly comfortable. They got all sorts of stuff like this at Home Field Apparel. Go again. Again, check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Joining us on the Heathrow Automotive Group hotline from the News and Observer, he is Steve Wiseman. He covers Duke. And did you did you just wake up from staying up all night working the phones to, to get confirmation on Mike Elko leaving the Blue Devils for Texas A&M? Yeah, it, it was a late night. Uh, that's, you know, that's the grind sometimes. Um, planes come in the middle of the night, that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, a, it finally got settled a little after midnight, probably. I don't know, 1 a.m., something in that range. But uh, he's gone. He uh, he took a, fl- a flight in the middle of the night and, and left town. Okay. All right. So how did we get here exactly? Because uh, over the weekend, I think Mark Stoops at Kentucky was the head coach at Texas A&M for about three hours. At least on Twitter, he was the head coach for about three hours. And uh, when that fell apart, uh, you started yeah. to see, all right, Mike Elko is going to be this next target. But um, what – why Elko? Why now? And and you know what, what what was Duke doing behind the scenes to potentially keep him around? Yeah, he uh, uh, it was Stoops for a while there Saturday. We thought we kind of dodged a bullet as far as that went with from a Duke point of view. Um, you know his his Elko's kids were in the post game press conference after Duke beat Pitt on Saturday, and I was talking to them about what bowl game they wanted to go to, and they were all fired up about maybe going to the Pinstripe Bowl, and so you know they weren't like they're. Uh, thought at that point that like he was getting ready to go to AM the next day. Mm-hmm. So it, what happened was once Stoops, the thing fell apart with Stoops, they turned right to Elko. They were like, all right, we've had enough of this. Uh, here's somebody we know. Uh, he's done a good job. And, uh, and the time was right, I guess for him, uh, it was time was right for him as well. Um, I, you know, having had some private conversations with him, I, I wasn't sure if he'd be in this cycle or not. And, and he had said he was happy at Duke and he was comfortable with what they were doing. And as long as that continued, he'd be fine. But, uh, you know, when that bag of money's put in front of you, sometimes it might be hard to, hard to say no. <laughs> yeah. I, I think people are confused on this one. Cause like, I don't know. There's a lot of people coming back at me like, Oh, you said he wasn't going to leave. And I'm not going to sit here and get into who's right and who's wrong. I think in real life, Steve, stop me if you've ever heard this before. <laughs> Things can change, yeah. right? Like you're having a conversation with his kids one day and then, you know, with the deal with Stoops falls through. And I suspect Texas A&M came back with a better offer is what I suspect. Exactly right. And, um, you know, it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, Elko was first and foremost in their mind. Um, it wasn't like he was out there beating the drum to, to get the job because, again, just 10 days ago, you know, he told me personally that nothing was going on at that point. So um, me and a couple others, that, that, that that's where we stood. And uh, this, this has happened quickly. But, um, you know, it's a it's a job in the SEC. You don't have to worry about um, 
you know, conference falling apart kind of thing. The SEC's not going to fall apart. Uh, <laughs> um, I know that was a concern of his. So, you know, again, we always knew this was a possibility, and that, and I think you guys said it too. He was never going to be Duke for life, right? I mean, that was not not who he was. Uh, but he was comfortable here. He liked the academic part of it and all that. Uh, but in the end, you know, you get you only get these offers every once in a while in your lifetime, and this is life changing money for him and his family. So we'll we'll get out of here on this, Steve. And we appreciate the time. I know it's been a pretty wild twenty four hours for you. Where does Nina King, the AD at Duke, go next for Duke football? For all the all the things that you just laid out too, in terms of where the ACC is going, the uncertainty of conference alignment and everything else. So where where does Duke go next? Right. You know, I do know that that last time in the search, the Marshall coach Charles Huff was somebody they really liked, and he'd only been at Marshall one year at that point. Uh, he'd been previously an assistant for Saban in Alabama. Um, I'm not saying he's the number one guy right now, but uh, that's that's kind of I think where they might be going is, you know, maybe a, a head coach from a from a lower level conference. I mean, Charles Huff's salary at Marshall is even a million dollars, so mm-hmm. that's something Duke can really give him a nice a nice bump and a lot more things to offer. So maybe somebody of that range, maybe possibility. Um, so yeah, um, the good thing about Having another search only two years after the last one was a lot of those guys are still fresh. So it's not like it's a lot of, you know. What about, hey, what about Jimbo Fisher? I mean, because it's not offset language in the Texas A&M contract. So, I mean, you could probably get him for a bargain at this point. How about that? Why not? Why, <laughs> Why not? not? Why not? Never mind he leaves programs in shambles when he's done. Why not? Maybe Jimbo Fisher's got time. Anyway, <laughs> Steve, Steve Wiseman, News and Observer. Appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you later. Okay, guys. Thanks. One thing I wanted to expand on, Joe, and again, big thanks to Steve for hanging out because you referenced it. You know, people change their minds. Situations change. When we talked about Mike Elko in Texas A&M, however many weeks ago that was, I think we were right. <laughs> I don't think Texas A&M was something that he eyed when Jimbo Fisher got fired. He's like, that's the next job I'm going to take. Um, but when it starts going down that list and they come to you and you see the money, I mean, look, uh, the, the wise philosophers Wu-Tang clan said it best cash rules, everything around me. And there's a, there's a, there's some other factors too. I, I think if Stoops takes the job, then it's over. Mike Elko's, yeah. No, he's still, he's still at Duke. He's still at Duke. He's not at Duke forever. He's looking at another right. job after that, but he's still at Duke. I'm, listen, I'm surprised. He, I am surprised I'm that surprised. he took the job. I am. And you know the reason why I'm surprised? Because we know the end. Right. We know what's going to well, happen to... No, we know what's going to happen to Mike Elko in five years. Well, he'll only get three. But okay, I would say this. That here's the retort to that. When he took the Duke job, I would have said to him, that's a dead-end job. You're not going to win there. Mm-hmm. And he did. In two years. Okay. So I would say the same thing to him today, right? Like I text saying it was a dead end job. So good. You got the money to, to offset that. Yeah, man. But the truth of the matter is he did something at Duke that only Steve Spurrier had done. So maybe he can do what Spurrier did at, at uh, Florida too. Look, like he's going to have to beat every odd to do it. Right. That's it. Well, a Texas A&M is a strange place. It's mm-hmm. different from other. And top he has programs. been there. So, and he has been there on the coordinator level. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't have to meet not with at the, the crazy, dog. crazy level. He doesn't have to meet with the dog. 
Like, are you going to imprint yourself? Was it the Reveille is the name of the dog? He has to imprint himself. People will analyze the photo to see if the dog is vibing with Mike Elko. I'm not making this up. It's a complicated job. Yes. And then you got to deal with the yell leaders. You got to get people to come play for you And now you're going to make me save the clip. But yes, Don Draper, that's what the money is for. That's what the money is for. I get all that stuff. But what I'm surprised by is Mike Elko struck me as somebody that would want to go to take the Penn State job, as you said, or the Michigan State job or something like that. But maybe he's just looking. And this was pointed out to me by somebody. Actually, Dimitri pointed this out to me. It's like never underestimate backsliding in college football and your windows. Okay. So who's to say that, you know what? I'm going to skip out on this hiring cycle because I don't want the Texas A&M job. I'm going to wait for the Penn State job. I'm going to wait for X, Y, Z. You're a hot name now based on what you've been able to do two years at Duke. You might not be a hot name in year four, even year three. Right. And you come off that list and you might find yourselves in a Mark Stoop situation where Texas A&M wants you and then it goes to the board and they're like, Wait, what? Because remember, Mark Stoops was the hot shit for a while there, too. And they're not exactly coming off a banner year at Kentucky. So you end up in that situation that we've seen at Tennessee before, where they go, you're not hiring that guy. And then you, Greg Schiano, Dave Dorn, to a certain extent. And all of a sudden, you find yourself on the outside looking in for some of these jobs. So you know what? If the money's there, the money's there. I, I still don't think that from where we were a couple of weeks ago when Jimbo Fisher got fired, and we talked about Mike Elko, that we were wrong in how we talked about it. But the hiring cycle, the coaching carousels, funny business, man. And here we are. Peace out to Mike Elko. Be curious to see what Duke does next. We're moving on. Before we move on, you might want to move on from to the next topic. You might want to move on to another house in real life, in real life, to another house. That's where hometown Maybe you want Realty. to go buy Mike uh, Elko's house in Durham. Maybe go to hometown realty, myhtr.com, uh, buy, sell. That's not new construction though, but I'm no. sure it's a major house. I'm sure he's going to get some decent money. No, for you it. want to get into new construction in, in this area, in the triangle, then hometown realty has your experts. They got six locations from here to the coast. They've got more than 250 agents. More than 60% of the business is in new construction. So you, you can fall for signs on the side of the road and you can hope and dream that you're going to get into mm-hmm. one of these places and do it yourself and save two cents or whatever you think you're saving. No. Get an expert. Get the experts at Hometown Realty. Go to myhtr.com. And if you got to go to closing, well, that's where Whitaker and Hamer comes into play. Check them out. WH.lawyer. Didn't you did not really just forget the world's greatest URL? I almost did actually. I'm dragging, dude. I got that post Thanksgiving malaise, and I wasn't even drunk on Saturday (laughs) night. That's the wild part. That's really the wild part. It's supposed to be. Yeah, man. It's you know how it is. You have to get back in the routine after having a few days. I've been in decoration mode. Yes, you have. The lights look great. You know, decorating the back here of the wall, my side of the wall. Are you gonna do anything to your side of the wall? Mm, Do I have to decorate for you, sir? Don't you dare put any of your. Christmas stuff? You want like a stocking? <laughs> no. Can I put a Christmas tree behind you? No. Fine. Other Leanne on fire in the hallway. Right. We got a Christmas tree. We got wreaths in the yeah. hallway. Very excited about this. Now, but if you uh if you're not sleepy like me, it should be really easy to remember. WH.lawyer. And you know, look, they have they have all the legal stuff covered. You might even uh, find yourself in a traffic violation. I was gonna say, uh, all taken care of. Thanks to you're my good. friends good. at Whitaker and Hamer. So you get yourself some help as well. WH. 
that lawyer. You might need to fire a head coach and you have to look at contract language. I'm sure Whitaker and Hamer can look into that contract language and see. All right. So what do we owe Frank Reich? Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> are we there? Oh, we're there. <laughs> Dude, we are there. They're not going to fire. Now, look, it is 946 on a Monday morning. And I have not received an alert if they've decided to, like, fire Scott Fitterer as the first domino for David. Uh, Joe Person of The Athletic had a tweet where David Tepper apparently was leaving the locker room and just yelled, fuck. Okay. Tepper? Tepper did that. Let me see if I can pull up the Joe Person. Um, While while you're doing that, can I just... I I saw this stat and it just it was wild to me. I know I mentioned it last week when the Matt Canada news came out, but the Steelers (laughs) they fired Matt Canada. It was their first in-season coaching change since 1941. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's hysterical to me. (laughs) Matt Canada was so bad. They haven't done something since before World War II. What? <laughs> Brutal. Okay, here's Joe Person's tweet. Uh, this was from, yeah, this was like after the game. Fran, uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Ah, leaving the locker room, David Tepper shook his head and yelled, fuck. And then Frank Reich said he did not talk to David Tepper after the game. Frank Reich also calls this a winnable game. And that's actually the jumping off point as to why you probably have to fire Frank Reich one way or the other. It was a winnable game for the Carolina Panthers. To set this up, if you didn't watch the game, the Panthers defense did what the Panthers defense has done a decent enough job throughout most of the season. I'm not sitting here telling you that the defense is perfect. I'm simply saying that the Panthers defense has not been the problem this year. The Panthers problem this year goes directly to the head coach who's supposed to be the offensive mind who demanded his play calling duties back and has mustered exactly 20 points in two games. So the defense does a really good job of keeping Tennessee out of the end zone for the entirety of the second half. So this gives you a chance. You're down 17-10. It's time to drive down the field. It's about two minutes to go on a fourth and six. And they decide that they're going to throw a screen. Now, me, football pea brain goes, why the hell are you calling a screen? Joe, if you didn't see that, I can't pull it up because of rights fees. This is how I want you to imagine the final play of the game for the Panthers offensively. Do you know when you and I are playing Tech Mobile? Yeah. And I call a play and you also call that play defensively. Mm-hmm. And what happens when that happens? Oh, the other defense like swarms your offense. And suddenly the game is over just like that. So you can't get out. That's right. what it looked like. It looked like tennis. It looked like Mike Vrabel went, oh, you went up a I'm doing up a and then all of a sudden blah, right on top of them. And Bryce, Mike, he, Mike Vrabel next Patriots coach. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny. He's the next Patriots coach who might get fired by Tennessee. It's hilarious to me. Is he intentionally tanking to get out of the Tennessee job so he can take the New England job, which we'll get to New England in a second. So this all happens. Bryce Young after the game says, look, man, that's on me. I had to check out of it. And that's how we ended up with DJ Chark getting a screen pass and him just being swarmed, unable to get the first down. And then after the game, Frank Reich also talked about how this was supposed to be a different kind of play, and Bryce checked out of it. It looked like Bryce checked on that fourth down throw at the end. Is that the right check? Yeah. We, you know, I mean, we had something in. We talked about if they went zero, if they went all out blitz and went what zero. And um, so he made the right check. What, what piece of that check gets you, you know, six yards behind the sticks? 
Yeah, we have to, you know, we've we've checked that play a couple times. And, you know, when you hit that play right versus zero, it's a touchdown. And um, when you hit that play right versus blitz uh, zero, and if you execute it right, it's a touchdown. You know, DJ probably came a little further back than he needed to. Um, he's not normally the guy in there for that, but wanted, you know, we had some receivers go, you know, we had a couple guys go down. The, pl- the play that we had called was going to put DJ on another in cut, not that he was primary. So we wanted him in that spot. Um, so we just need to execute that better. So again, that's Frank Reich after the game. Sheena Quick, who covers the Carolina Panthers, uh, went to DJ Chark after the game to be like, hey, uh, apparently you weren't even supposed to be here today to reference that again. And DJ Chark was like, yeah, man, um, that should have been a different play call. But they didn't go cover zero. So now my job is to get four yards behind the line of scrimmage. I have to check this out where I was, but I feel like I got four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Got to watch film, see what it is. But uh, the initial play, at the end of the day, you know, I just do what I'm told to do. I run around and I'm told to do. Uh, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out. So there you go. Uh, a prime example of just what a shit show the Carolina Panthers are. Where you got the coach saying this, you got the wide receiver saying that. Again, Bryce Young is. I'm going to absolve Bryce Young here because he did the he he did and said the right thing after the game. Sure, it's on me. I checked out. But I want to close this entire sequence on that disastrous play. On this, we can get into the football semantics. We can go hardcore. I'm eating turf and pylons and tell you on my all 22 film who was right, who was wrong, blah, 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 blah. That play illustrated what's been wrong with the Carolina Panthers this entire season with Frank Reich as the head coach. Looking unprepared. Also, leaving Bryce Young hanging out to dry where he gets blitzed and he has zero protection whatsoever. Guys on the bunch side of the field for the screen aren't blocking either. I watched this play like 10 times. It's an atrocious play. And when you go and watch the Panthers even further and you try to evaluate Bryce Young, you can't for a variety of reasons. Ike Aquano continues to be an adventure on the offensive line. The wide receivers cannot get open. People are like, oh, Bryce Young can't take that sack. What's he supposed to do when every wide receiver is essentially locked down? And all of this is to say it's a failure of Scott Fitterer to put the right pieces around Bryce Young. It's a failure of the entire front office to even give up what they did to get Bryce Young, but you have them, so make it work. They can't do that. And then most importantly, the guy who's in charge of calling the plays continues to be so conservative and get it wrong so much that you cannot bring him back next year in the development of Bryce Young. Let me remain consistent here. This is a Frank Reich problem. Yes. You could sit here and say, oh, the the pieces aren't there. I didn't get to pick the ingredients, all those other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Carolina Panthers have played 11 football games this year. In eight of them, they've scored 17 points or less. Unless you are playing in the Big Ten West, that's simply not good enough. Mm -hmm. This is the NFL. You have to score at least three times in a football game. Three touchdowns, okay? It's embarrassing. He, He, They brought him back. They thought he was the right move after Matt Rule. I agreed with the, the concept in yeah, premise. Yeah, 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 yeah. His play calling has not been good. The players have not rallied around him. No. The development of Bryce Young, like you said, he's in full Trevor Lawrence under Urban Meyer mode at this point. There's nothing to be learned from this year. You cannot get a good draft pick because of what you gave up for Young. So, literally, I said it two weeks ago. I will say it again. The Panthers, David Tepper, for all of his money, needs to buy a fast forward button. Mm -hmm. They just need to fast forward to get through this 
figure out maybe in free agency how to reshape their roster. But here's the problem. That's okay, the only way so, they have. Okay, they don't have draft capital. So they have to do something in free agency. I know what you're saying with hitting the fast forward button, but you're fast for, is are we fast forwarding to a different owner? Too? Yeah, but that's because it's you, not, yeah, but here's the thing you have to understand about David Tepper. Unless he does something problematic legally or or otherwise, he's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be the old ones who own the team. They couldn't get rid of the idiot in Washington, and they had a million reasons to, they couldn't get rid of the NBA couldn't get rid of a, a flat out racist for decades. So so you have to give up this fantasy I get that, that David Tepper's going anywhere. He's not gonna I go also, anywhere. Uh, uh, and I get it. He's on this crazy granular level of like making sure they switch to a three, four. That's because that's point. what they do in Blitzburg. That's, that's what I'm getting at. But, it will, will David Tepper, you know, these guys are theoretically very, very smart. That's how they made their money. They identified something that nobody else. They're smart could. at what they are smart at. That doesn't mean they're smart at football. They're not smart at football, but are they smart enough to recognize all the other times in my life where I've been successful? I'll do the assessments. I'll change. I'll go and do what I need to do. To, well, to he, be he's doing that. He's it's paralysis by analysis right now. So it's, is this off season? Will he do his own self? Because you're right. He can't, he's not going to sell the team. There's no oh. march on mint. There's none of that crap. So is he going to look himself in the mirror and go, do I want to be the next Dan Snyder? Do I want to be the next Jim Irsay? Do I want to be known Jim, as Jim Irsay does have a Super Bowl title? <laughs> yeah, well, he, well, you know, you know what? I'm unfairly <laughs> targeting billionaires. As Jim Irsay pointed out, um, where we just live in a world where they're out to get white billionaires. Uh, that's why they uh, they stopped them when they stopped them and they found all that money on them. Regardless, at some point, I am curious if David Tepper's looking at the failure that has occurred with all these I, coaching I think he moves, is and he every goes, day, you know what, Joe. maybe I, he's doing I need it every to do day. Yeesh. I think so. Yeesh. Like these guys are super over and they literally drafted somebody who is a physical anomaly because he did well on a test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am curious. Um, when it comes to Frank Reich, he'll be fine. It, no, no, he'll be this fine. This is not he'll you be, or I getting thrown out on a Wednesday. This is the guy walking away with millions of dollars in his pocket. He'll be fine. He'll I'm go not be worried a, about that. He'll go be an analyst for he's, one of his friends in the league. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. The question I was going to ask is, is what happened with Frank Reich this season more embarrassing than Matt Rule? Has he out embarrassed Matt? No, Rule? because I, I don't. I haven't heard the excuses from him. To be perfectly honest. I mean, he talks himself in circles. Yeah, because he doesn't know. Like, he's a guy who's conflicted. Like, he again, this was all on paper. It made a whole bunch of sense. Oh, and now he's in it, and it doesn't. They fired Frank Wright. Okay, they fired Frank Wright. That happens live. <laughs> I'm I'm glad it happened now in the middle of us recording this. Um, as we're as we're doing this, Frank Wright fired. This is from ESPN. Uh, from David, uh, this is not even credited David Newton. This is a straight up uh, news report. A source confirmed to ESPN: the Panthers have an NFL worst one and ten record. Yada yada yada. Panthers on Sunday scored fifteen or fewer points for the fifth straight week and for the seventh time in eleven games. So there you go. Frank Reich was fired. It's while done. we're recording, are they going to turn this thing over to McNown and say, <sighs> "Hold on a second. Maybe he's the answer. Hold on a second. I mean, Let's... there's too many other guys there for it not to be. Let's you do the whole thing over again if you'd like. No, 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 no. Actually, we're going to keep this in here because okay. I think it's freaking hilarious uh, that it's all happening in real time. It actually makes, you know what? I feel it in my plums again. I felt alive on Saturday because we we're doing shit <laughs> we're live. We're taking calls. We're literally <laughs> doing this live right now. Okay, the team has officially announced that this is from Mike K, Charlotte Observer. Um, at some point, how does Scott Fitterer still have a job, by the way? How do you not just throw everything out at this point and get ready for the next season? How does that happen? Anyway, <laughs> jeez, what a mess. 
<laughs> what an absolute mess. And then Seth on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Let me, let me actually let me actually pull this up. Because it's actually pretty funny from uh, from Seth on social media. I have a feeling we're getting ready to have separate pods from Ovi's and Jillio on this Elko to AM and Canada's firing. Love the after dark pod post NC State UNC. You know what? We'll we'll spend some more time on this later, but I did want to shout out because uh, I feel for Darren Gant, our friend over at Panthers.com. Hasn't been fun for Darren Gant the last no, couple of These are tough years. These man. are tough years for Darren Gant, but he, he mailed us his t shirts. So this is from Darren, uh, from one OG to the other, happy Festivus. <laughs> so let me go get the shirts real quick. So I'll be right back. Vamp for a bit, Joe. <laughs> I'm chewing on a are coffee you, bean. Are you literally <laughs> chewing on a coffee bean right now, dude? <laughs> trying to get my juices full. All right. So hold on a second. Let me, get, <laughs> let me start yelling. So anyway, <laughs> so Darren went ahead and he sent us some t-shirts because Darren's awesome. And it's from his mailbag. I'm sure his That's mailbag is going to be... Is going to be off the charts great. So it's Ask the Old Guy t-shirts. Uh, I got it's a typewriter. You. Yeah, it's a typewriter. This is the large. This is 100% cotton, so don't shrink it. Extra large for you. Thank you. So there you go. So shout out to Darren. We're, we're going to send him a... Uh, we're going to send him a, uh, Ooh, a hoodie. I like, I like that brand, too. Oh, yeah. The brand is really, really good. Yeah. The brand is excellent. So, so there you go. Folks, live. Live to tape. That's how we do here on, uh, on Ovius and Julia. We'll spend some more time talking about this tomorrow. Every but, time we do. It's brought to you by graffiti. You think Frank Reich wants a stiff bourbon right now? But you, like you said, he's good, right? He's I, good with his money. Uh, Frank's, uh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say he's like super religious, so I don't know if he does drink, but that doesn't he include one does not. Those aren't mutually exclusive ideas. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably relieved. Because you get money, and now he doesn't have to torture himself on a weekly basis. Because he he just has never seemed comfortable in these in these press conferences talking about. No, he never does. You know, he never. He's never. There was the optimism. Uh, not, again, Joe, just use the stat: eight of eleven games they've scored seventeen points or less. You, you can't be the offensive coordinator and play caller and yeah. be that inept and still be employed. Yeah, like it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what year it is. Yeah. Look, here's here's the thing: as I'm, I'm as I'm getting composure as to as to the news, I wasn't because I, I I said at the beginning of this segment that I can't imagine Frank Reich getting fired in the middle of the season. They'll move on from Frank Reich. That's why I had my phone nearby for the most part because I figured we were going to get some ESPN alert. For something today, something, yeah. something today, my speculation would be how these things typically work. Scott Fitter has been around for two iterations of these coaching failures and that he would be the first to go. That would be the first indication to go. And then they'll let Frank Reich play out the rest of the year. And then that'll be a wrap. I'm going to be really curious to see what David Tepper has to say about why now, what was it about this game that finally got you to go fine, whatever. Is this a lesson learned? from the Matt Rule era. Because remember, you and I sat there and spent a good chunk of time talking about, you can't bring that dude back. We know where this is headed. And you decided to bring him back for that third year. And then, of course, he gets fired in the middle of the season. If we all recognize that Frank Reich was going to be fired, at least do it at the end of the year. Tepper is literally the anti-Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. The Steelers went from 1941 to 2023 without firing anybody in the middle of the season. Now, David Tepper, who is a former minority mm-hmm. owner of the Steelers, has fired a head coach two years in a row in the middle of the season. Yes. I, 
actually, you know what? I'm not, I'm not done on this topic, Joe. Okay. I was ready to move on to something else, but I'm actually not done on this particular topic because I do have an angle going forward before we discuss who it could possibly be. That's the interim coach who could actually be the next head coach. The real question is who wants to work with David Tepper at this point? Because let's look at the list of firings that have taken place since he's taken over for the Carolina Panthers. You get rid of Ron Rivera, who, by the way, is probably on his way out at Washington. He lost to Tommy DeVito, right? Those are the rules. Yeah, those are the king King of New York quarterbacks, by the way. Those are the rules. Real quick aside, you don't think Aaron Rodgers is watching Tommy DeVito take over New York and going, damn it, this is supposed to be my city. And he even has like the Italian, like he's doing the finger thing after touch. Have you seen that? The celebration? He's doing the finger thing. He's making the pizza. He's making the pasta. I bet you that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to do on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. He's like, hey, I'm Italian too. I'm walking here, guys. I'm just like Tommy DeVito. Even though he's a California kid. Regardless. Manja. Manja, Joe. Manja. (laughs) I did get you on that one. I did get you on that one. So, Rod Rivera, as somebody pointed out, I think it was was Mike Tanier. Uh, who writes for the Messenger, covers the NFL, pointed out that Ron Rivera is the modern-day Jeff Fisher. If you need a guy to go 8-8, eight 7-9, and 9-8, eight, nine, nine eight, whatever, then he's your guy, right? So the, the question is going to be, given what David Tepper has done, where you fire Ron Rivera, which was justifiable, you hire Matt Rule only to fire him, you don't even let Frank Wright get through year one, for heaven's sake, okay? A, a pretty, 11 games. A pretty well-respected guy in NFL circles. He doesn't even get through the first year. Didn't they fire the, the Charlotte FC coach? Like mm-hmm. in like in the middle of the season after they literally just hire him? Anyway, we can I get think there might have been some problem. Was there some problems? Okay, <laughs> I just double check on that one. I, I gotta double check on that one. Why else would you fire a soccer coach? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is this this is the same guy who decided I'm gonna build something in Rock Hill until I'm not and go full the office. I declare bankruptcy. Because yes, David Tepper can declare pants bankruptcy. So the reason why I say this is because as I was monitoring Twitter in real time, I do think that Lewis Riddick at ESPN probably put it best as to the shit show that is the Carolina Panthers under David Tepper. Your offensive line stinks. You have no playmaking weapons. You passed on the QB that you should have taken in CJ Stroud. Fire the head coach. That'll solve everything. Makes perfect sense. This league sometimes, man. And what he's referencing is no accountability for the owner. Fine. I'll take that out of it. He's the owner of the team. He doesn't have to be accountable to anyone but his bottom line and his cash. But I still come back to how in the world, unless I've missed something in the firing press releases and and the comments, that Scott Fitterer still has a job. How? Because to, to Lewis Riddick's point, Frank Reich was just here. Scott Fitterer has also been making decisions. And that's why if you're David Tepper and you want to see if you can turn things around, you go to the people, you go to the fans and you say, we're going completely clean slate. I've learned my lesson. We're getting a coach and a general manager who are on the same page. And I'm going to let my football people take over. And unless he says that, unless David Tepper says that you're going to get more apathy for the Carolina Panthers going forward. That building is going to be empty for the foreseeable future because there's, I'm telling you, well, unless you're an opposing team fan. No, I'm just saying the, listen, the thing in the NFL is you can turn it around. Like the NFL really is a just add water league. Yeah. You got to get the right coach though. And you got to get the right, you got to make the right personnel moves. So 
we'll see what they do. I'm not saying like give David Pepper some grace. Of course, he deserves a lot of this blame. But like I said, eight of 11 of the games, you can't score 17 points. That's embarrassing. It's, no, it's completely like, embarrassing. You, 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 it's completely embarrassing. <laughs> like that well, can't be. Look at the like, uh, go go to a single wing. Do something else. Look like at, look at Steve Wilkes. We're going to run on every down. F and run on every down then if that's what works. You have to try to solve some problems. You can't just sit here and be like, I'm going to throw a screen on the last play of the game when we need it. Like, come on, man. And they're like, oh, that was what the cover zero. Shut up. Call better plays. You say embarrassing. Do a better job. You say embarrassing. I mean, you see what's happening in New England? Totally. Again, did you lose to check the box? Did you lose to Tommy DeVito? Yep. Those are the rules. You're out. See (laughs) Tommy DeVito. You probably related to Tommy DeVito, aren't you? Uh, You got like an uncle Vizio. I don't think, first of all, Nunzio Campanelli is the was the interim coach for Syracuse this week. <laughs> Nunzio and his brother Vito and his pops they ran North Jersey back Hell in the yeah, day. Yeah, man, let's go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, Joe, not all Italians in North Jersey are related. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I get the same thing. Like, hey, aren't you from South Florida? You're Cuban, don't you know such and such? You're related to Levitard, right? Oh yeah, no, totally. Yeah, totally. You're, you're you know, both of you, right? <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> Uh, Lebetard and George Sedano, right? Yeah. And you all, you, you all run the friends. same family, right? Well, well, I'm friends with George, but yeah, your blood, no, but we're not all related. <laughs> well, that was a hot mess of a segment. Uh, you know what's not a hot mess? Butcher's Market. Everything is organized. Everything is ready to go. Everything is fresh. And maybe you've got some holiday entertaining that you're going to be doing. You just got out of Thanksgiving. Did you go to Butcher's Market for the appetizers? Did you go to Butcher's Market for the sides? Maybe you didn't. Lesson learned. Take some of that work off your plate. Go to Butcher's Market where they have a lot of prepared food, man. A lot of prepared meals to make life simple. Yeah. Uh, And the hangover things, too. Telling you, I took one yesterday. (laughs) Changed my day. Yeah, I was going to say, did it work? Yesterday was rough. All right. Had the uh, Canes game for AP. Yeah. Had my Saturday road. That's why I was like tweeting at like 11 o'clock at night because I had a rally. Brutal, I to get that man. stuff done. Absolutely brutal. And a big thanks to Breeze Through. Again, we've mentioned Breeze Through a bunch today. I uh, cannot thank Breeze Through no. enough for uh, helping us out on Saturday for that live show. It was a lot of fun. And the coffee, man. I had the Breeze Through blend. I didn't go to the dark roast. I went to blend. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kept yeah, me through the night, man. I changed it up. Kept me through the night. I was excited Slightly surprised that. by that. But Well, I was, tell- I was telling Adam that typically when I go to that Breeze Through, I'm hydrating. I get the water, right? Get gas, et cetera. Like that time of day, I'm not trying to drink coffee. Mm-mm. But hey, man, it was late. I'm old. I need the caffeine. I was alive. It was the red, the fire. It was, it was the, the fireball. fireball. It was the fireball, dude. That's what that was about. I was, I was feeling good. <laughs> and uh, you you're know, like, it's cold. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking you about. You know who like, else? Was, was, you know who else was feeling good and full? The ESPN ACC Network crew, because. Yeah, Oakwood Pizza Box. Yeah, big shouts to Wes for having uh, having us over there on was it Friday night? It was Friday night, yeah, yeah. Uh, great crew, Taylor. They do such a great job. Uh, Tim Hasselbeck, we we chopped it up, had a little mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> Tom O'Brien stories, interesting takes. <laughs> on definitely, he was definitely the icy commander to Tim, not smiling Tom. Um, so yeah, good, good stuff, man. And of course, the best part was the pizza. Can't go wrong. Get the square. Uh, and Anthony went three and zero with his NFL picks again this week. He's kicking my ass. So my dreams of an OG named item on the uh, menu are slowly fading. 
I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. My brother was there. He was. I saw him Friday night when mm-hmm. I picked up the pies. I saw his wife. Yep. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Very Emily. Nice. Emily was getting a uh, as as my brother joked. He's Emily was getting a uh, tour of OG sponsors. Yeah. While uh, while she was in town, I believe he did say something about the wings. Yeah, because <laughs> he was going to get wings. <laughs> he, he had. He was going. He actually went to graffiti after going to <laughs> really? Oakwood Pizza Box. That's awesome. So anyway, uh, Oakwood Pizza Box brings you. Hey, Joe. And you can hit us up oh, on, oh, on Twitter. Are you proud of me, by the way? Like I, I felt like you should be and proud by of way, me. Apologies. Apologies for not joining you on that delivery. I had to make a family business decision that evening. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. All right. Are you proud of me? I know for you what? don't watch Picks and Pizza, but I was able to set up Why the equipment on my own on, on location. And I, I got it to work. I know. And you, I hooked I, it up to the Wi Fi. Yeah, the Wi Fi. But I used the cord. Good for you. Right? You good you got it to the router. The router. Okay. I knew I was proud of you. I knew you did because I was up here. <laughs> yeah, you were like, dude, I, I had a moment of panic. I know. I meant to text you because I saw the water bottle. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? He's probably gonna come up here. And I really should text him so he does yeah. not shit his pants when he sees our only investment missing. So it wasn't <laughs> it it wasn't about um it it wasn't about the water bottle while I was up here. So uh, our neighbors, Rick and Sabrina, their their son Owen, uh, has gotten like the podcasting bug. Okay, he's like, I re- okay, I really want to know what what do you what's the equipment? What do you need? Blah 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 blah. So I said, well, why don't you just come up? I mean, we're out of school, whatever. So we came up here on fr- uh, what was it? Friday. It was Wednesday. Wednesday, you're right. It you're was right. Wednesday. So we came up here on Wednesday to show him the stuff, and I was actually going to get him to do a segment with the equipment and everything. And we were robbed. I I was like, all right, Owen, you're gonna give me because Jacob and Caleb were up here too. And I was kind of like, all right, why don't we do like a Mount Rushmore of Pokemon? You know, something silly, right? So I opened the door and I see the roadcaster gone. And I was like, oh shit. Like, who did I not like I had a free like did I I not lock up? Because did Joe not lock up? Not mean to do that. But then it got weird because I was like, okay, the roadcaster's gone. The cameras are gone, but the most expensive thing isn't. What is that? The mics. Oh, really? Uh, no, actually, the two mics and uh, the roadcaster are actually about the same cost. Okay. So anyway, microphones are expensive, dude. There are you, microphones. And you have a microphone fetish. I do so. have a fetish. Microphone. You, there are microphones that cost like double what this is. Okay. okay. Now, yeah, mind I you, believe that. Sure. Mind you, I've heard some really, really terrible podcasts that are being done on incredibly expensive micro. Shout out to Kofi who makes fun of these guys. These podcasts are like, they'll be like, you know what? I don't think sleep is really important or whatever it is. Like, there's these terrible I'll sleep when I'm dead. Oh, yeah, you know, with the grind <laughs> set. And Kofi will pop on. Kofi's brilliant, man. Uh, I wish I had some of the ideas he has on shorts. And Kofi will go on. He's like, I just want you to know that this horrible take was set on a microphone that cost $800. Just so you know, just so you know, I'm like, ooh, brutal. Anyway, so I walk in and I see, and I like, I'm, my mind's racing. Did we get robbed? But that doesn't make any sense because the lights are still here. Nobody took the clock. The Who lights, wouldn't want the clock? Like, I'm sorry, these these neon ropes and stuff like that. Like, that's that's all stuff that people want too. Where did it all go? I'm like, oh, maybe I, my initial thought was that you were trying to be nice and you took the equipment to get it ready for Saturday. No. But that wasn't the case. No. Anyway, in lieu of a Hey Joe uh, segment, most of our Hey Joe stuff was in reaction to the live show that we did on Saturday. Okay. And the the number one question or statement that we got was, you should do more of these. Total agreement with you on that. However, 
let me just preface my answer by saying that a state Carolina football game at the end of the season on a Saturday night makes perfect sense. Yeah. Can't be doing this all willy nilly now. Right. So the question is that I pose to people who have made it this far to the podcast and fought through our live reaction to Frank Wright getting fired. What is another sporting event locally that would generate that kind of heat? Would a Duke Carolina basketball game generate that kind of heat? Would they allow us to do a live show from ACC hospitality on the Friday night of the semifinals in DC? Cause that would be another thing that we could do. Just have, just have our friends come through while we're sucking down free Miller lights. Yeah. There's gotta be, I would think maybe something with the NCAA tournament. Is it in Raleigh this year? I don't know. I haven't looked that far. I haven't looked that far. So a homework assignment for our listeners. What would be the next logical? It also needs to be dog. a high traffic area. That was key. Like that being was key there too. was key. Yes, that was key as well. So that would be our homework assignment for you. What would be the next logical OG after dark in the future? Does it have to? Well, no, I was alive and I was alive with the sound of music. So we're okay. Well, yeah, I think we found the key to unlock you at night. <laughs> Alcohol. Oh, it's in Charlotte. Fireball. Sure. Charlotte, not Raleigh. So you just do fireball. You're good to go, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. We'll spend some more time on Frank Wright getting fired. And uh, also, basketball vibe checks. Because college basketball, it's time, baby. Write that book, babe. It's time. It's time for me. Now it's time for me to make sure that my Ken Palm subscription is up to date. Because it's about to be Ken Palm net season, folks. We'll see you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.